I pray we wouldn't be distracted. I pray we'd focus, laser in. And I pray that in all this you get honor and glory. I pray you convict people. I pray, Lord, as I'm preaching on the outside, you'd preach on the inside. You draw us to yourself. I pray again we would see the horrendous circumstances that Jesus allowed himself to go through. And as we see the different groups, may we understand and apply the scripture to our life. I pray it in your son's wonderful name. And amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. I like doing a little survey here. I like doing a little survey. And so I'm going to do a little survey. I started over here last time. I'll, I'll start over here today. If I say, if I say the word, if I say the words, uh, <laughs> if I say the word Matlock, Matlock. Does anybody remember Matlock? Matlock. All right. All right. That's the most participation I've ever had from a group. All right. Matlock over here. Matlock over here. A few of you. Matlock over here. Same thing, man. I'm rolling now. I'm rolling. We just stopped the service right now. I've got 100% participation. Matlock over here. The young people are going, who? And all right, let's go back. I'm going to dig a little deeper. Ironside. Is it Ironside or Ironsides? Sides. Sorry. I'm <laughs> That's the most talkback I've ever gotten either. And iron sides, all right? Same group over here, iron sides, iron sides. Lois going, I ain't heard of any of these people. And iron sides over here. Some of you are old enough to remember when it was black and white and then it went to color, right? That was trippy seeing Raymond Burr in color. And uh, iron sides over here. All of you that are Googling these things now, come back to me. Iron sides over here, a few of you, all right. Iron sides over here. I'll get a little better about law and order. I started to try and find that noise, but I've been having a bad luck with the technical things lately, you know. How does it go? All right, very good. And that's why we're going to throw money at you, all right? Uh, law, law and order, law and order, all right, all right. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Law and order. And then any version at all ever of a Sherlock. Sherlock Holmes, you know, Sherlock with a British accent, Sherlock with an American accent. I don't know if it's animated or not. Most everybody's some kind of Sherlock, some kind of Sherlock, all right, all right. My point that I don't think I have to prove at all is what? Man, we, we, we kind of like our courtroom stuff, don't we? Is the guilty going to be punished? Will the innocent be acquitted? Will the lawyers win? Will the judge do the right thing? I mean, we just can't help ourselves. But we can see it, we can see it all the way down. In fact, sometimes we'll watch it when it's really obvious, just wondering if there's going to be a twist. Maybe it's the last second. We get into it. Truth of the matter is, truth of the matter is, when we saw the injustice going on, for example, what happened in the apartheid uh, regime, man, we just, we just lost our mind. We couldn't believe there's any place in the world that just simply out of racial prejudice, locked up in prison, segregated people from their families for years at a time, we got really upset about something a good little ways away, and we almost turned a blind eye to people locked up for 10, 15 years down in Cuba. I have met some of those people. I have seen their scars. I've seen where they beat him. I've seen the tears come in a man's eyes saying, I kissed my child when he was two. I saw him again when he was 18. We can't stand it. It drives us crazy. Truth of the matter is, we even get a little petty. Everybody will be flying down here on Pellissippi Speedway, I mean Parkway. And if we're the one get pulled, we want to go, but, 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 but there was 12 other people. I wasn't even the fastest one. I, had, I, uh, I, I knew someone, let me modify that. I knew someone one time who got their speed check like that, did that to the patrolman, said, what are you going to do about them? He said, I couldn't catch them, but I could catch you. 
And that was kind of the end of the conversation. We can't stand it. When we read this story here, it starts screaming at us. And what in the world? Why would they do this to Jesus? We're not real careful. We go, man, everybody loves Jesus. Everybody loves Jesus. Everybody thinks Jesus, we may not pay him as much honor as we should, but again, not really true. Truth of the matter is, there's a problem that happens. There's a dividing line that occurs. And that's what happens when people refuse to see Jesus for who he is. You're going to watch different crowds, different audiences here. You're going to see what happens when people do this. <coughs> You're going to see the injustice and the cruelty and all those things that come about. And so I want to walk you through that a little bit. I want to remind you. I said last time, you know, if we're not real careful, this is like those, uh, uh, those uh, Tupperware, Tupperware, those uh, Rubbermaid boxes of, <coughs> of decorations, and we pull them out, and they're important for a few weeks, and we push them back. Or we go, you know, I'm really familiar with this. Instead, I, I want to I remind you of this. I want to help you. And I want your heart to break and to yearn and then to worship the Lord. I suggest to you there's a few things that happens when we don't acknowledge Jesus for who he is. If you're with me this morning, say amen. All right, here we go. Number one, there's a confusion over who's on trial. When you don't see Jesus for who he is, you may think you're adjudicating against him, but that's not true. Jesus is always the judge. You and I are always the ones who are on trial. And so there's a confusion over who's on trial. And you've got a few groups that are here. Let me do my best to kind of explain a little bit. There's the soldiers, and they're calloused, and they're cruel, and they're mean. There's the Sanhedrin. That's a great big word, great big word. These are the Jewish leaders, not all the Jewish leaders, but enough of them. There's a small representation meeting there in the dark of the night and again waiting on the daylight so it can be a legal trial Then the more of them will come along. <coughs> again, we assume all 70 are going to be present. We don't know that, but there's at least a majority who's going to vote. And again, we'll figure out that the vote's not even necessary because the high priest is the one who is supposed to from the guy who's been elected or who is a the priest who's the youngest or been there the least amount of time, and they start with the least experience, and they work their way up. You read the text again. The high priest says he is guilty. There is no vote. There is no evidence presented. He declares that it is absolutely a mockery of a trial. There's the priest. There's Pilate. There's Pilate. And if you see the word P-I-L-O-T, my autocorrect was going crazy. I think I found all of them. But I know how to spell Pilate, and I know how to spell Pilate. My autocorrect software apparently does not. So if I missed one, you just smile at me and hand me a piece of candy as you walk out. I think I caught all of them, but it was an a, a iffy battle there for a while yesterday. There's Pilate and there's Herod. And if you're like me, you're like me, I'm going, we're in there like five or six Herods in the Bible. But every time you turn around, and if this Herod's the same guy, man, it's got to be like 104. And then you're, you're asking a good question. It's actually not. If you're talking about the birth of Jesus, you're talking about Herod the Great. Herod the Great. <coughs> That's the Christmas story we know. The birth of Christ is wise when Herod, the Tetrarch, or Herod the Great, was in Jerusalem. And he was a mean dude. See, how mean was he? How mean was he? He was mean and he was paranoid. How many of you understand that's a bad combination? He was mean, he was paranoid, and he was king. That means nobody could say boo to him. He thought his sons were going to take over. He had them executed. He thought his wife had it in for him. He had her killed. He thought, he thought some of his nephews. He slew as many folks he could get away with. He's so paranoid. What's he do? The wise men come. The magi say, the king's born in Jerusalem. What's he do? Everybody under two, that's a boy. You kill him. That's paranoid. That's mean. 
That's cruel. He is, he is so bad. Caesar Augustus supposedly said it would better to have been Herod's pig than Herod's son. Daniel Darling said, it's not a compliment when a Caesar thinks you're a bit too mean. Herod had three kids. He had three sons that survived. Herod Philip, Herod Antipas, and Herod Archelaus, or Archelaus, probably. Antipas is the one we're focusing on here. And he is unbelievably cruel as well. He's the one who says John the Baptist John the Baptist uh, uh, preaches against him because he has his brother's wife. That's Herod Philip. And he takes in Herod, and John the Baptist just puts it right on him and preaches straight to him. Next thing you know, John's beheaded, and you see his head on the plate of a charger here. And you see, and then you have Herod Archelaus, and he is so mean and so cruel. Wait for it. That some folks in Jerusalem go to Rome to Caesar and say, man, we can't live like this and actually get the Herod removed. They go through one leader after another leader, and they finally decide on a yes man, an up-and-comer, a middle management politician kind of guy. Guess what his name is? That's Pilate, Pontius Pilate. And if you would feel sorry for a coward, you'd feel sorry for Pontius Pilate. Because everywhere he goes, it just goes wrong. He decides to get tough with the Galileans. And what's he do? He makes a mess. And there's bloodshed, bloodshed when they're having their sacrifice time. It's recorded of him. Pontius Pilate, who was the prefect, when the Galileans mingled their sacrifices with blood. He couldn't get it right. Part of the power-sharing deal when they got the Herod removed was, you let us tend to the temple stuff. So the Sanhedrin had this kind of little bit of power from Caesar and then Pontius Pilate, he was supposed to take care of everything here. And then Herod, part of that other power sharing. So you had, you had folks really didn't like each other, didn't trust each other. And the Jews, even though they were in subjection, they, the, the folks that were religious leaders had a little bit of power, and they would guard it at all costs. Someone said that power corrupts absolutely, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. and They would not give it up. And Jesus the carpenter, healing, preaching, miracles, walking on water, feeding 4,000 men, feeding 5,000 men, the dead come back to life, now find themselves exactly in the crosshairs of an unbelievably messy political storm. Not to mention that the Jewish leaders wanted him dead. They could just get him to say Jehovah. They could just even get him to say Adonai. They'd accuse him of blasphemy, nothing else. They'd stone him, but they wanted Rome to do it because Rome would crucify him. You say, these are all powerful people. Wrong. They're the ones on trial. Jesus is not on trial. Every one of them, Jesus is going to interact with. See, when you don't see Jesus who he is, I don't care what your pedigree, I don't care what initials you have in front of your name, I don't care what title you're carrying around, I don't care how many zeros are in your bank account. We are always on trial in front of the Holy One of Israel. We always match, don't match up to the standard. We always, we always are guarded against the perfection that is perfect holiness. And they didn't understand 
the, the soldiers were getting their jollies by being mean. <coughs> Excuse me. Pilate was trying to get an inconvenience off of his plate. Herod was looking for some curiosity. Excuse me. <coughs> and the Sanhedrin just wanted it done under the cover of darkness if need be. There's confusion. I sometimes think, you know, people, people think like that now, right? I hear folks foolishly say, you know, Jesus and I got a good thing going. Look, look, Jesus is not your buddy. Jesus is a friend to sinners. Somebody say amen to that. He's not your buddy. He is the resurrected Lord. He is the all-powerful, all-knowing God Almighty. <laughs> I, I, you can do a lot of things around me, um, I think. Uh, if you feed me, you can do all kinds of things. And uh, I, 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 I will... If I know you and you claim to be a, a Christ follower and, and you use profanity, I'll, I'll usually say something to you. And, uh, you know, again, depending, if, you're, if you just came to Jesus, I'm, I'm really going to say that. <coughs> I, 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 will, I will work with it. Really, I will. I'm, 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 it's not like I just comment. I'm not. But, but you, start, you start using the Lord's name in profanity, but we, we got problem. We got problem. I will make a scene. I will make two or three scenes even if you have fed me, because we're not doing that. We're not doing that. <coughs> you, you may need to be sanctified another way, but you start, you start using the Lord's name as either the front end or the back end of profanity. You say to them, okay, man, we got all kinds of issues right now, because he is the lovely one. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the, he is the one who bled and died for my sin, and they don't understand. He's not part of your speech your, your awful speech, man. He is the one who is to be worthy and adored. Roman, Revelation 2 says what? One day we will all, Revelation 4, we will all bow down at his feet. There's confusion over who's going to try it. Secondly, there was the contempt by the religious loss. We're going to focus in. Contempt by the religious loss. They did four things. They mocked him. They were cruel. They lied. And there was injustice. They mocked him. There was cruelty. They lied against him. There was injustice. Luke in particular. If you're taking any notes here, Luke says he talked about him being mocked in Luke 18.32. He mentions it twice in the trial. 23.11, 23.36. Luke the doctor. Man, he was mocked. Anybody in here hang out with people who go too far and teasing? You may hear they go too far and they don't know they go too far. I mean, if you tell them they go too far, that it just makes them more excited. They weren't teasing Jesus. They were flat out mocking him. Everybody loves Jesus, not true. Religious leaders, they mocked him. Not for nothing. He raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. He he healed the lame. He saw the blind. They received their sight. And they mocked him. They mocked him. People say, well, if we just had miracles nowadays, these people had miracle after miracle, and they still refused to believe. Jesus said, they have Moses and the prophets. Either one come back from the dead, yet they will not believe. It was mockery. It was cruelty. It was cruelty. It was illegal to beat someone before they had been sentenced. They beat him in the midst of the trial. They were cruel. They lied. They said, Jesus said not to give to Caesar what's due to Caesar. That's not true. They went and caught a fish. They opened his mouth, hid the coin. Jesus taught him the principle, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and God what belongs to God. Flat out, unbelievably, lined it up and lied. And the whole thing smacks of injustice. <coughs> I, I worry sometimes, Brandon, 
a worry. Uh, you ever feel like you're drinking from a fire hose, watching the news, or, or uh, you, you know, or listening to a podcast or paper or whatever? How you get you? You ever feel like I'm I'm just getting numbed all this? It's just too much coming at me too fast. I, I worry. I worry for my own heart that it gets calloused over. That I'm no longer stung when I see something that's inappropriate. I'm stung when I, when I see people obviously being duplicitous. When I, when I see people in power taking advantage of people who don't have it. I'm, I'm bothered. I'm bothered when a teacher takes advantage of a teenager and it becomes a movie on, on Lifetime or one of those channels where they, where they sensualize the fact that a young person had their innocence taken away and, and their life forever altered because someone, someone was so carnal and so, and, so, uh, and so maladroit with their use of power, they would take advantage of a child. And it becomes a movie sold for profit. A worry. When you read this, you see the absolute injustice, the farce masquerading as a trial. Number three, there's the compromise of Pilate. Pilate's been on a string. Everything he touches goes sideways. He wants nothing to do with this. If you go to John's gospel, you see, again, perhaps his wife is a follower of Christ. We don't know. She looks at him and says, I have been tormented by this man. Many a dream this day have nothing to do with this good man. He tries twice. He tries to wash his hands. He sends him away. He throws him over to Herod Antipas. He does all these kind of things, but it keeps coming back. And Pilate continues to compromise. He will not take a stand. When you don't see Jesus who it is, who he is, you just don't take a stand. Mistreat him, that was the willful, the willful rejection by the religious people. <coughs> Again, I'm really bothered by somebody who says I'm a follower of Jesus, but they have redefined and recharacterized Jesus so much. A professor up in the Northeast who came out and said Jesus was the first trans person in recorded history. I don't, I don't even know where you start there. I don't even know where you start there. Not the Jesus that you believe in, it's the Jesus of the Bible. It's the Jesus revealed in the Christian scriptures. It's not who you think he is, not who you want to be. It is who he has revealed himself to be. That was their rejection. There's the compromise of Pilate. He is more concerned with the earthly and what everybody thinks of him. He craves the power and he caves to protect himself. Jesus said, if you'll follow me, let him take up his cross. Any man who will follow me, let him take up his cross and follow me. We have a crossless, costless discipleship, and it is not biblical discipleship, not biblical fellowship. Jesus inconveniences us. Jesus calls us to die. And he talks to Pilate, Pilate, and don't forget, he's working with him. Two occasions Pilate has in front of Jesus in Pilate's life is not changed. <clears throat> in compromise. I'll have Jesus in. It's not Jesus in, it's Jesus. Number four, you see Antipas. He says, man, I want to see him. I want to see him so he can do some things. He'd heard about the, the parlor tricks he thought that Jesus was doing. He wanted to be entertained. If you'll notice, again, for time's sake, he doesn't say a thing to Herod Antipas. Why? Because John the Baptist came and preached toe-to-toe, nose-to-nose with him. And Herod said, fine, I'll have you killed. From my understanding, the Holy Spirit is done with Herod. The Holy Spirit's done with him. 
<coughs> for years and years, I, 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 w- I work with young people. I work with young people, teenagers, then I work with young people, college age. Say, so what's the difference? I always say the same thing. College age students got more money and more problems. That's just it. Still growing up, still figuring things out. Preaching a lot of school chapels, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Christian school chapels. <coughs> I mean, you talk about people who are not interested in what you've got to say. And so you're trying to get through to him, trying to get through him. I preached one time, preached one time to in a student, man, he assumed the position. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if my arms have been that way anymore. But he would take both his hands, take both his hands, put them over his ears, and look at the floor. He had so effectively stopped up his ears, he didn't know if anybody was talking or not. So I'd had all I wanted. I'd been there a few years. I'd had all I wanted. He would assume the position. Young man, obviously, didn't know the Lord. A lot of spiritual issues, stuff like that. Stuff like that. He's looking at his floor. He's looking at the floor. He's counting the tiles. He's watching the ants walk by his shoes. He got his hands over his ears. So I just walked back to where he was. By the way, how many of you know when you do something out of the ordinary, young people giggle? So I walk back there where he is. He's sitting back there in his seat, and he's looking at the floor. And it finally dawns on him. He doesn't feel any vibrations anymore. I mean, he has an airtight seal in his ears. Ears. He looks up. He looks up at me. Everybody's laughing by this point. Teachers are laughing. I'm sitting there with a big smile on my face. He goes, what? That's it. No apology. No nothing. What? What? <laughs> looks back down at this thing. Looks back down at this thing. His friends are laughing so hard. I get on with the sermon. And he's there. Are you making fun of him? No, I was praying, man, because I was praying, God, don't be done with that young man. Sometimes people shut you off because they're so convicted. Some of the meanest, maddest people you'll ever run across are people that are deep under conviction. They pillow their head. They think about their sin. They're around people who know God. They're, they're throwing out, and they're saying everybody's a hypocrite and all this kind of stuff. But Herod, all he wants is curiosity. Can you imagine asking Jesus for a magic trick? Jesus dignified the indignity. He comes, he goes. Obvious conclusion. Herod's told the Holy Spirit, no, he's not interested. A lot of people are curious. What they need is conviction. And finally, I'm done. (laughs) The guilty will be set free, and the innocent going to be crucified. Pilate is stuck. He pulls one more compromise out of his politician's bag of tricks. Barabbas killed some of you. He's a freedom fighter. He hates Rome, and innocent people were murdered when this dude did his thing. You don't want Barabbas. He doesn't like you. He doesn't care who he kills. He just wants to kill, and he really hates Rome. I will make you the Sophie's choice. Barabbas, I'll set free. That was a deal they'd worked out in this power-sharing thing with the Sanhedrin. Or you can have Jesus. Jesus has done nothing wrong. He's just offended you. And whatever your petty things are, not my concern, but you won't leave me alone. So this will fix it, and you'll be done. And what happens? Sanhedrin's left their place. They're outside of Pilate's, uh, of Pilate's uh, house, the castle that's there. They've got enough people. We're still early in the morning. The organized mob of religious leaders and some of the people start shouting, Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. Give us Barabbas. Lest you get think too poorly of him. Anybody in here ever made a terrible choice? 
Anybody in here ever made a choice instead of Jesus? And you just are brokenhearted even thinking about it. You see, on this day in the morning, what you're about to see, some three o'clock that afternoon. The innocent pronounced guilty and the guilty pronounced innocent. You see the shadow of it in the exchange. You see the reality of it in the cross. Because at the cross, he took my sin and your sin and the sins of the world so that we could be made right with God. Pilate, in his compromise, released the murderer and, in effect, murdered the innocent. Wait, the Savior. Wait, wait, wait. And I understand. No man took his life. He laid it down. They had no power at all. Unless he did this. So he willingly did what? He allowed himself. By the way, we're at the second thing. <coughs> or third thing. They have beaten him. He put the mockery, the crown of thorns, the puncture wounds, those inch and a half spikes. They've beaten him so hard he doesn't look like a man. And then he suffered his skin torn to ribbons, bone, muscle, organ exposed. He has only two wounds left on his way to Calvary. So what does that mean? I think it details for us four simple responses when we don't understand who Jesus is. Number one, there's will for rejection. There's will for rejection. That's what the religious people did. There's damning compromise. I want Jesus saying, or a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I want Jesus enough at Easter. I want Jesus enough when I need a funeral priest. I want Jesus when I'm sick or whatever. There's the damning compromise, and that's exactly what happened to Pilate. <coughs> it was so awful, it made it into Caesar, excuse me, it made it into Shakespeare's work. Shakespeare said, Shakespeare said of him, said of him, <coughs> pardon me, that, that could you ever wring, wring your hands clean? Bring your hands clean. Some of you join with Pilate to wash your hands, showing only an outward pity. That's the quote. There's the third. There's curiosity without change, without conviction. I'm interested. But don't talk to me about sin. That's where Herod was. By the way, <laughs> and there's hope. And nobody's going to know that hope any better, by the way, than Barabbas. He's been given life, mercy, grace, the cross, so that people like you and me and like Barabbas can come to Christ. There's hope. There's hope. His trial, four responses when we don't understand or when we do understand who Jesus really is. Would you pray with me, Father? <clears throat> so much here and so much so much in the text. Lord, I, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you. Time's sake won't allow just all the explanation, but thank you for that. Thank you that you were mistreated for us. That justice did not occur for us. That you suffered, bled, and died for us. And that we have hope 
and the thought of forgiveness and being 